Whispers in the Wind. Hello and welcome to Whispers in the Wind, a show about real stories from real people. Today, we have a story from my good friend Ramu Itfum about what it means to be an artist, how it can bleed you dry, tear your whole world in half, but still give you some of the best experiences life has to offer. And above all else, how it can make you question and influence your choices in life. This is his story. Why do you want to share your story with us? Bloody don't know, to be honest with you. Why does anybody want to share their story? Um, I... I wanted to share this specific story because I think it's interesting to show a perspective that lines with your future and your past. So there's lots of little tidbits and I think there'll be lots of little nuggets that, you know, might latch on to if we if we talk about the industry, we talk about the mechanics of the industry. We'll talk about um, the specificity of it, which might be great to share personally as part of just therapy but also to reflect on your life and I think this would be a really yeah not a special but like a tender all right so where does your story start I think if we start at like a young age I like I think as a kid we always have an inkling of what we want to do right and I think it's up to our surrounding body so whether that's parents whether that's family or caretakers whoever that is to kind of nurture that and kind of guide us into that be it teachers or anything so I was always in to and I always say this up until like I think maybe the moment I'll die which is like I'm a student of the arts I really thrive of anything whether that's like cooking whether that's painting whether that's like performing when I lived in like Pakistan and doing stuff at assemblies and you've been to Pakistan right um I actually just got married they came back from here yeah there you go so like the assemblies there are like notorious from so when we would sing like the national anthem or when we would do like little plays in Alhamra I think it is in Lahore there's a hall and yeah I think like I was just always into the arts it was an escapism for me as a child all you do is like you create fantasies i was gonna say so you started in pakistan then well i started in holland i was born in holland moved to pakistan then came to the uk that is one hell of a trip (laughs) so you started in holland how old were you when i moved to pakistan yeah i was about three or four i would say three or four and you remember still but holland or pakistan both I remember. I think my my earlier days in Holland I don't remember as much because that was quite young. But I remember like since I'm I'm massively into like sensation therapy and things like that. In my times in regards to Holland, I remember more like memories and sensations. There's this person who I met recently. Well, I say recently. Um, her name is Susan, Susan something, and she's massively into like sensational therapy. So she's a director, curator, and a choreographer, and she really talks about like movement through the through the vessel that is sensation. So when you touch somebody, how does that feel? Harshness, the softness. That's a bit like Uruhagan in acting, because we did that Uruhagan. She um, yeah. she teaches you about sensory memory. 
exactly yeah okay so it is sensation so i remember like certain things because my father passed away when i was like one or two so i remember certain things about living in that apartment that flat compound there and then i remember much more of my years in pakistan like in multan and lahore so I, i'd say like i remember in a long-winded answer a lot of it it's interesting every time i go back to holland um i remember instantly the route from the flat that we used to live in to my school like i can close my eyes and just walk it and they have built like lots of which they do in london as well like lots of compounds lots of houses and they've boarded off stuff but like i can just picture myself as a child just walking along so yeah i'd say i can remember it so did your journey of getting to the yard did it start there <laughs> you know what my first ever vivid memory would be me performing to like some on eid performing to like some good old noor jahan tunes followed by tlc followed by peter andre's mysterious girl cuz that shit just came out so i'd say like my earliest memory of performing would be around those time okay what what were you actually doing what were you performing oh it was just dance mate just yeah. pure on dance stupid dance i don't even know if i can like remember the shit but like yeah it would be like noor jahan followed by tlc followed by peter andre cuz you cuz you're a professional dancer aren't you i don't like so this is the interesting thing that when i got into the industry i hate the word professional because people no should i tell you why i think it's just my personal association yeah. with it people use professional in lots of connotations which i personally don't like to align with but when you're on set so people would be like oh but if you're meant to be in a professional environment uh, you shouldn't be acting yeah. like this or like if you're meant to be a professional actor or like if you're meant to be a professional dancer this you should have x amount of credits or if you want to get on spotlight you, <laughs> you you know so like i think what i would like to say is i'm a working performer I'm a working artist and that is something that I picked up from Naomi Campbell because she says that she's not a supermodel she's a working model um yeah so I was going to say okay so you started in Lahore and um yeah I mean Holland but go for yeah yeah Holland La Holland there you go or is it Lahore because you were in Holland first in Lahore so yeah Lahore I like Lahore okay <laughs> a restaurant so So from there you came to England. Yeah, massive culture shock. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever grow up in Pakistan? I grew up here in England, but I did go to Pakistan when I was really young. Man, oh man, the school system is like so different. Oh, I bet. Like I went to a grammar school literally right outside Imran Khan's, like it's not that far away. In Pakistan. In Pakistan. Imran Khan, you do you want to tell who Imran Khan is just for people who don't know? He's a cricketer. <laughs> like the former prime minister is he still the prime minister There's so much stuff he's a politician i'm just going to say this yeah, he's a he's a politician right who's either a former and b- please pardon my ignorance even though i'm doing something for the people of pakistan's floods right now but pardon my ignorance right so you're a dancer you're a performer i would say acting was my first thing dance happened later on in life i've always danced dance is part of our culture um Yeah, dance happened when I graduated from university in Newcastle and I came back to London and I was for about I'd say like 2 years I was doing the circuit of like being an extra being a supporting artist as they call essays essays yeah. and I was just like doing all the shows and I I was I was doing all the shows and I would do like films and bits and bobs and I was like I miss being a part of my culture 
and doing something. And back in the day, I don't know if it's still here, there was something called Star Now. It's still there. Is it still I, there? I, I, yeah. Because <laughs> I had a similar route to you. Yeah. yeah. So I went on Star Now and I was just applying for anything because I worked in fashion and I was like, why don't I just apply for like certain jobs? And I was a part of like a new talent models one board. So hang on, you were, you were for fashion as a model or? I worked as a model. So wow. I worked in editorials and I worked as a fit model when I was in school onwards, so like year 10, 11 onwards. So you got a dancer, actor, model, you got the full so triple threat. But I think everybody does it. Like in sixth form, I did arts and design. So I, I really am a student of the arts. and That's think, awesome. Yeah, but you can't label that. Like you drive, you cook, you, you do your business, you're doing this now, you're an actor now. So I think like it's... Of course, no, I, it's true. Yeah, There's think, no limitation to art. Okay, so actually going into the industry first, going yeah. into the industry, how was that for you? From when you actually started going into the actual industry, mm. that changed, that, was it hard, was it not hard? It was hard, it still is hard. It was hard because of, because I have, oh, it's a, it's a question that I'm thinking about how to deliver. So I asked this question on my podcast, which is if you didn't have your, <clears throat> who you are as a person so take your support and everything aside the confidence that you have as a person if you didn't have your grit and then add in the fact that your support of your family your friends emotionally financially whatever it may be and your faith your conviction in spirituality religion what it is if you didn't have those three pillars would you still continue to do what you're doing and I ask that because I early on I would say eight eight onwards I kind of felt out of line of calling myself a Muslim because I came to realize who I was going to be someone down the line that I was going to be in the creative industry I also realized like my sexual feelings towards people was changing I also realized like my gender because identifying as non-binary sometimes and figuring out where I fit within that space I was like I'm changing and I was like I have too much respect for the the religion I grew up in to call myself that because I you see like we all see Muslims smoking and like going out and then having girlfriends and then yeah, like yeah. but then also having wives and then cheating on them yeah. and then also not playing like zakat or not doing umrah and like you're like talking about like so many things of what you know the pillars of Islam and you're not following them and I was like I don't want to be a disgrace to my family and my religion that I grew up in and by calling myself that and betraying those laws I was like I don't want to align myself I still like like to live by the principles that I grew up in treat people kindly be nice be a good person yeah be be a good kind respectful person and I think those are the pillars that for me Islam promotes and any other religion I agree it's more about peace than anything else yeah so then my faith went out and I was from eight onwards, I was in search of spirituality. So like t going to like Buddhist monasteries or like so eight years old. Yeah. Wow. And then I stopped fasting and doing Jummah prayers or anything like that. I would say maybe like 12. So I stopped doing all of those things. So that takes out one of my pillars. And then my family and I, we had a riff because they knew that I wanted a very heavy career in the arts industry and they were very against it. I was gonna say most, yeah. most Asian parents aren't, they're not very forthcoming. Which is yes. fine, I completely yeah. understand. However, Rai wasn't the only one who had entered the arts from his family. I recently was going through my memory box and I posted it on my stories. My dad was heavily involved in the arts growing up and it was because of his 
pursuits in the arts that his family and him were kind of like at torns. So was your father by your side? He passed away. Of course. So then like also growing up with a single parent, my mother who was who got married at a young age, who went from like living in her hometown in Lahore to then living in Holland, to then her husband passing away, coming here, and then England, like that is a, and my mother has her own like stories and her own hurt that uh, uh, like, like gave her this sort of look into my life, which came out of fear. And it's fine that you should do that. So then I didn't have the support of my family all my friends, what, like it's very rare. I have a very close circle of friends. A lot of them tour, but very rarely have they come and supported me at my specific shows or classes or anything, which is fine. And we have had grown conversations about that. So that pillar is gone. And then my confidence as a person was knocked down because I was told I was fat, I was ugly, I was a packy bitch, I was a terrorist, I was a faggot and all of those things before I even explored all these things as a kid. Wow. And being being told by my cousins and my family that I you know how in anger you say you don't amount to shit and you're like yeah you kind of retaliate yeah. or your kusra or things like that yeah. I, I it's fine and yeah. I understood with it like now going through therapy but I was just like that pillar is gone so my first ever like I did fame the musical at um i think it's called the second theater in sutton nice that was my first working job that i did they actually got paid for as well that i got paid for you know what high five <laughs> honest to god because that's an amazing thing it's not a lot i think it was like 50 pounds you know what even if it's a pound you're yeah. getting paid for it yeah. you get experience you see how it is to be on set if you've not been on set no. you can't even fathom what happens yeah some great actors, Octavia Spencer was an SA. Yeah. If you watch a lot of like movies, mm -hmm. she was an SA. Mm -hmm. And like, what's her name? Tiffany Haddish, she was an yeah. SA. And she's a phenomenal actress. And a comedian. <laughs> so when I did my first job, I remember going to the audition because I found out about it through my drama teacher. And my drama teacher was like, this school and this theater are doing a production, but they're also paying performers, you should do it. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I remember my cousin taking me on a Saturday morning to go to the audition and he was like, what the hell is happening? And I was like, Uber didn't exist back then. Cabs were like so expensive. So oh I asked him, I asked him, I was like, oh, I need to go for an interview for like, a, so I lied about it. Even doing that job, I lied to my family. So I had no sort of, something to share that with and I think that is the the most difficult part so to go back circulating in a long-winded answer it was difficult because I personally felt that I had nothing and no one to turn to which is why the arts for me are an escape and a savior because for me that is it might be a vanity thing it might be you know through more therapy I'll find out why exactly I, I link towards it so much but th that is like my, my saving grace, my everything. So the fact that your family didn't support you in this journey and the fact you found, you found a release through the arts. Yeah. So what made you go to therapy? I was in therapy when I was 14. I think maybe maybe even 12 I used to have really bad asthma right. in the last couple of years I, so I started getting asthma attacks and then I was a very 
it's rotten child now that i look back and i've apologized to my mother about it like if my cousins got gifts and i didn't i used to have temper tantrums oh right and never understood why it's like now that i see kids doing temper tantrums i'm like what the fuck are you doing shit for like shut up but when i was 12 and maybe 14 i think around that age i started getting really bad like not tantrums but like episodes i would say where i would react to anything and everything and there were moments where i started getting so angry that i my i don't know what this is called but like my body would just stay still and i would like my jaw would tense up my body would tense up and i would go in a state of just ultimate like i don't know what that word is called i think there's a diagnosis for it but like i would just basically solidify and it would take a couple of hours for me to like relax relax again and it affected like a lot of it it can affect like nerves and things like that did it just happen instantaneously you couldn't control it triggers that i i'm sure i've blocked out because of certain things but um i started going to counseling at school because school noticed it and then i started going with my family and then later on in life i just i i've had certain episodes and i think i want to go therapy again this year Mm. because i think therapy like it's like going to a doctor and that's certain things that is stigmatized within our culture i think like family dynamics personal stuff i think everybody should be in therapy because if you get a flu if you get a flu if you get cold or anything like that yeah if any sort of like physical thing happens to you you go to a and e you go to your doctor and i think your mental health like activates a lot of things and it it can create certain things in your body imbalances so many other things yeah so that's where therapy came out for me and that's why i wanted to do it i think you're right in the sense that you you have something inside you and you express it which you should i think i think that's what actually that that brings me to the next question i mean with regards to the dance i mean of course you said you didn't really have your family so who actually helped you along this journey Oh, that's an interesting. I don't want to um, d- deny the people or disgrace the people that helped me along this journey. Because but, everyone. Gets but like, I think that's a that's a interesting concept. Because what what do you mean by help? Like, do you mean financial help? Do you mean like? Because the thing is, everyone's journey is very different. Yeah. So someone might not need financial help. Yeah. They might need spiritual help. Mm. someone might need financial but the thing is you don't know where it comes from until it's come yeah. so what even if you didn't get financial help yeah. I'm sure you would have got help in one way or another from yeah. people you don't even expect it from. I mean you can contribute like in a way like if you technically think about it my mom did maybe pay for like a couple of dance classes oh. but like did she know she was paying to dance classes no she was point. she was paying money for something else that I used was dance. And uh, she still helped somehow. Yeah. I in terms of dance, that's a very difficult question. Because growing up, I had knowledge and I watched videos, but like th- there would be no one specific person. There'll be the entire like, you know, from be it like choreographers or like Bollywood actors or like Peter fucking Andre, who I was watching on Mysterious Girl. <laughs> Fair enough. But like, there was no specific person. Later on in life, um, oh, I'm trying to. Oh, I would like to thank one specific person. Go for it. I think that person 
who gave me the gift of understanding what dance is and she stays in my heart to this very day and I talk about her who for me is like my spiritual and at a point she was my mentor as well so I was dancing for a Bollywood company mm. my first no not my first I was dancing for a Bollywood company and they used to train at this studio in Chiswick it's called Arch 197 nice. it's a charity based on studio mm-hmm. and I think I'm in my mid-twenties at this point yeah I'm in my mid-twenties and I was falling out with my family heavily I wanted to explore myself as a person more and have the freedom to do it because I couldn't even listen to music at home because my family was getting more and more religious they were finding out Islam more and I think my mom and my sister were going through their own journey into healing themselves so I we basically had a lot of rows and I left home and I started working at the dance studio prior to me leaving home and I started living at the dance studio and Jackie found out, Jackie Batista, who owned Arch 197, and she basically said that I could live there for as long as I wanted. She even said that I could come and crash her house, but she has so many people to take care of that she was like, but if you want food, and she, she got me a job near a bakery there, and she talked to, there was a gym next door, and she was like, if you need to use their showers, you can use their showers, but that became my space, and at nights, I would like just put on music or like explore movement and she mad on band she gave me the best gift of life that place was like my soul I think okay so what were your first few experiences actually going into the industry as in what was your route because when you entered the industry um, what were your first few professional jobs you sort of bigger professional job. My bigger professional jobs. Uh, top three off your head. Top three off my head. I always find this so interesting because I always say my jobs are yet to come. No, because they are. Because I, I, I'm sure you will find this as a performer. Like you'll think about that job. But I'm a very sort of reflective person, so and for me, like even doing a. Like, I've made it as a dancer in specific roles and, like, I got casted in the lead as a commercial, but if you see that commercial, I'm barely in it. I have the payout of being a lead and I get buyouts, like, I've gotten that three years in a row, but if you look at that commercial, I'm not a lead in that commercial. Some people else are. And for me, then that that saddens me because it's the vanity of being a performer. You're like, oh, man, I wish I had something to show for it. Or you'll be like... Or I'll see certain things that happen behind the scenes of how like when I was an essay and now I'm like either an actor or a choreographer or a director and now I see how essays are treated then that dampens the experience for that or if I have a conversation with a producer about something or a costume then then so like it's really hard for me to think about that mm. um, and it's it's something that I'm trying to work at top three top three uh, the the w- one that comes to mind which is going to be coming out is the film by Jamal Khan that's coming on Shekhar Kapoor which is called What's Love Got To Do With It and I got to assist and choreograph on that nice. which is I think a massive accomplishment yeah that film is coming out next year and I shared the trailer of that but I got to work as an assistant choreographer on that film and I um, 
it, the people who get the big jobs like that are the yeah. big Bollywood companies or yeah. the heads of Bollywood companies. Mm. And I was very fortunate that there is nobody in like my circle because a lot of my peers who come from that elk of life are predominantly killing the game in killing the game as actors, models and dancers. But none of them are in the same elk of like doing that sort of job. And also like coming from Pakistan, that was a very special film. That's going to come out next year and it starts like Lily James, Shazad Latif, Shaban Azmi. So yeah, so it's, it, was, it was a fab, it was a fab project. So that's going to be coming out. So that I would say um, top three, top three. Let's, let's try and give you different sections of something. Childhood it has been like a massive accomplishment of mine. And for me, it's like at the top of my game because I, and I'm sure yours will be as well as you get asked questions because it's something you're doing out of your own passion, right? It's something you're trying to create as, as opposed to somebody that is giving you a big project to be a part of. That's something that you're carving out for yourself. So regardless if, 10 people listen to it or if 10,000 people listen to it you're doing this yourself it's like this is my own show like, yeah like. but it's it's like when our, our generations before they built it like shops and businesses and hotels and things like that and that was them creating their legacy this is you creating your own sort of space and I think Chai with Rai for me is a massive accomplishment and Chai with Rai yeah that was your podcast, wasn't it? Is. I mean, it's not, yeah. Ain't dead. It's ain't dead yet. <laughs> Fucking hell, killing my show already. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> no. I can just about bloody hell. I've got a deadline to put out one episode tomorrow. Um, but that for me is, yes, I would love for that to be like, you know, when I see like people going on Graham Norton and being like, yeah, we're touring our podcast. Oh, you know what? I, would, yeah. I yeah. would fucking live for that day. And I can't wait for that day that Chai with Rai is out of space where, or there's this guy named Lewis, uh, Lewis House who does like School of Greatness or Rob Dials, like all of these people who have like Kevin Hart, who oh. have like these fucking big podcasts. Like I would love for you and I, and so many of the people who put like, yeah effort into their work so yeah chai with rye would be a massive accomplishment for me because that is something that's like my baby i call it my hidden box of gems which i think in a, invertedly goes along with the same same yeah. message of yours yeah everybody creates it because they're interested in stories and yeah finding from people and learning from them so it's, it's true i mean i think i think the biggest art form or the oldest art form yeah. in the world storytelling is quite literally storytelling. Yeah. There is nothing you will do that does not have a story mm. to it. Name me, so even if you're sleeping, yeah. you're not conscious. I could tell you there's a story there. Yeah. Do you know with the amount of sleep trackers that you have? Yeah. There's a there's a story in your heart rate. There's a story in your scores. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there's, there's a story in your pulse rate. There's a yeah, story yeah. in you. Yeah. In different ways. Um, the third one, oh. This is so stupid. I should be able to think of that. I mean, like, it's not my first play. I've written lots of things and I have written poetry since I was like a teen. Nice. But getting my short play at the Kiln Theatre, that was really nice as well. Yeah, because again, that was something of mine. And to have an establishment produce a play, a short play and have, you know, that 
and having like I had what two of my friends come to support it and like a writer mentor who I've reached out to several times mm. and certain people's who is your writer mentor so the, one of them is Gularana Gularana Mir who I've had on Chai with Rai nice. she wrote a play called Coconut and she's been commissioned I think currently if I'm correct in saying for a Sky TV show That's awesome. and she just got I think I read her Twitter as you were prepping me for my mic for this that she's gotten commissioned to do another play right now so she'll probably release info on that but she's a wonderful person and uh, yeah so I'd say she's one of my writing mentors but yeah so getting one of my plays at Kiln Theatre that was a nice thing and it's a personal story that I wrote about so yeah I'd say those three stick out to me right now okay how did actually pursuing the career path actually affect your life mental health that's very difficult at points talk to me about that how was that well, difficult it is very difficult because like like there was a point where i was just in the commercial world so that means i was just auditioning for commercials tv commercials whatever commercials mm. and all working as a commercial dancer and you are not based on like you're not judged on your talent it's not like somebody gives you x amount of slides and you do character work and you do research and you do something and yeah the real job of an actor i don't know if it's a real job because like commercials pay you like commercials are great and anybody who's out there i would say go for it because you do a day's work you get you get you get like you get like a nice little chunk out of buyout and like everybody then starts like striving for that but it's hard yeah there was a point in my life where like working as a commercial person i was like what the hell is happening and I was doing everything like I was taking photographs with this person I was dressing differently I wanted to you know I worked out like there was no tomorrow and I thought that is what the perception is I would change my hair I was like should I not change my hair I'll take off my beard should I say I'm Asian okay no I won't say I'm Asian anymore okay should I not say that I'm gay should I not say I'm queer should I say I'm bi should I say I'm non-binary should I should I do this I would have conversations with my agents all the time about that I was like I'm ready to hide whatever I'm ready to be whatever you want me to so you were like a blank canvas I was like, but but that goes to show the desperation yeah. I was like wanting, which a lot of people do. And you second guess yourself and you just mentioned your gift. You mentioned your gift and that toxifies your relationship with your gift. Because let's say if storytelling or like in layman terms, if acting is my passion, if I am not being like if the the vehicle i'm being provided has just simply wheels and like a little box that i'm driving on and it has no seats to sit on it has no engine or something like that i have to pedal that shit you're gonna you're gonna get tired soon your legs are gonna get battered you get yeah you need you need those things you need those colors you need those elements and for me that was just like driving me effing insane because i was just like what is happening and to this day like this year i have just been like planting the seeds because i i am now going into writing as a paying path i want that as a paying path i want podcasting as a paying path i don't know if i want to dance i want to act more and all of these pathways are like also eating my head up and so you're really confused where to go because the thing also this is and i talked about this with a poet two nights ago 
which was when you get rejection as well from every single thing, you, your totality of who you are, it just goes awry because then you're not just getting rejected as a writer, you're getting rejected as a director, you're getting rejected as a podcaster, you're getting rejected as a whatever. And then if in your personal life, let's say you're married, right? So you're doing all of these things. You come home to the missus and the missus has like done herself up and she's like cooked nice meal. But you're like, man, I just wanted a fat steak. Why the hell am I having dal today? I don't want dal chawal today. And then like, but she spent the whole like yeah. day cleaning and like doing things. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Or like you're driving on the road and your parking isn't, you know, done right. You take it on your fucking car or like a pedestrian that's going by. Somebody's crying. Like everything starts failing you and then you go inwards. So like, yeah, it's affected everything. But then like as soon as a job comes along, like you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I asked myself a question recently, which was like, if I, which I have, I've left the industry sometimes and come back, and lots of people do. So you've actually left the industry and actually come back? Yeah, but like lots of people do, or lots of people have side jobs. Yeah. Like, you know, because we talk about it, and lots of theatre people talk about it, or film people, the, the, survival, the feasibility of finance is very slim, and whether that's like through, you know, your mental capability of being in rooms and not working the room or networking or playing the game. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a device. So, yeah. Like, recently I've been questioning myself a lot in regards to where, what is the future and how do I want it to be? And do I, do I just give all this up and just... Because I love cooking. And I was like, do I just go to cooking school and, like, start doing apprenticeships and have my own that? like a walk away from the industry, but that is creative. But why would you want to leave the industry? The, the totality of the answer to your question is, um, is I don't know if I'm burnt out, one. I'm really, really, really burnt out. And two, I don't know if I'm good enough. And if you yourself don't believe you're good enough, then how will other people? I agree. I think it is a big problem in the industry where it's like you you don't feel like you're good enough. Because there's so much talent out there. There is Agreed. so much. Agreed. And you never know if you're amount to that. But I think it's also you've got to find a way to not compare yourself. Which is difficult. It's so hard to do. Because um, you have the utmost respect for everyone. But yeah. at the same time, you can't help but you know compare. Because although you have the respect for everyone, you want to learn under them. Yeah. You're in competition with them as well. Do you ever regret the choice of actually going into dancing and acting? Mm. I question it. You question it? I question it. But I think that's human. Like, yeah. you know, what if you took a left turn instead of a right turn? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you mean this ditch would I? Yeah. Yeah, I question it. Mm. I question it. And I, I don't know if I would have the life experience or who I am as a person today if, I, if it hadn't been for that. Mm. But um, yeah, I necessarily question it a lot because there was a point I never, I've never considered myself a dancer right. because there are people whose, whose job is a dance. They live, breathe, eat, shit, dance. Although I think nowadays the lines are blurred. But... Um, in terms of like, yeah. no longer are you yeah. just a dancer, you're a dancer act. But uh, I didn't want to disrespect dancers, A. And B, I, what I have, my 
first loves will always be like fine arts and cooking and acting and writing and dance was just a way for me to connect with. And then Rai said something that truly showed his dedication to the arts. Have you ever been to South Bank Centre? Mm, yes, I have actually. Actually, nice. the South Bank Centre, the skate park, was my squatting space for quite a long time. I don't know. Do you still do you still go there? Squat? No, I have a home now, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't need to you squat. Don't need... <laughs> so I don't need. I don't need to squat right no, now. No, but if I ever practice. become homeless, you know, you never know. <laughs> I have practice. my house in some places. <laughs> I mean, I mean to practice. <laughs> yeah, I did go to practice there. It was yeah. really lovely. I was a part of a, a company called Alias London, and we used to sometimes go there. And rehearse even in Lambeth North, there was a studio there. I think just going back to the homeless bit, how long were you homeless for? Oh, oh. As a total? Bloody hell, Lord knows. Been that long? No, it wasn't that long. I like, I've been homeless in like lots of different parts, but then calling yourself as homeless is weird because like when, like I was living in the studio, so I had technically a home. And, I know, but I and guess. And then I, I, moved from into a fitness studio for like four or five months and lived in that closet for like it was literally a closet um for a good solid couple of months and then yeah so i i don't know i think it's a part of a it's an interesting experience to go through (laughs) what do you think you've gained through this path through my path into, through your path uh, into the industry and coming out what have you gained coming out i ain't come out yet you said you come in and out so when you came oh, co- yeah well i ain't like you're I'm, out yet uh, but as in this this mean? this pathway to the industry in the industry yeah, being yeah. in it what's, that, what's, the what's, what's the number one thing that you have gained oh that's such a good juicy question that i ask other people and i never wanted to be the answer <laughs> no because you ask the people on the fucking reflections and you're just like shut up uh what's the number one thing Th- i think like the one thing i would say is that i've learned is like complexities mm. like people are complex this industry is complex you're complex but it also doesn't have to be mm. if you're if you have assurance in a lot of things and if you have clarity in a lot of things and and surround yourself with surround yourself with things that will hold you whether that is something practical something emotional whatever like as difficult as it is if you need to be your own champion and your own cheerleader then yeah but things are fucking complex but i think that's in every day and age it's like for a single mother who's living in a council estate trying to, you know, working three jobs and trying to put her kids through anything or, you know, somebody who is an RBS directing manager and has to worry about, you know, five million jobs and his bratty children acting out. Like, yeah, life is complex, man. It's, it's a lot of complexities. But you got to be kind you got to be respectful and you you got to be real so if that means showing your depressed colors show depressed like i remember meeting you right and i would tell you if i had a shit day but i remember a lot of teachers and a lot of companies i've worked with they'd be like why the hell are you telling the client you've had a shit day or like why are you telling them you're ill yeah. like what, what, what like you're meant to you're meant to attain an image and i'll be like because that's me 
like I'm, I'm giving and if that's not like if you don't appreciate it not appreciate it, like if you're not responsive to it and you're like man we don't want somebody who's like feeling unsure and having a shit day I'm paying them money to teach me something like that means they're not gonna but if that's that's your out thinking and this is my way of connecting with you then maybe we're not meant to be aligned so is there anything you want to say to our listeners to help them along this path of the art Obviously, then other than being kind, respectful and like, you know, I'd say a couple of things. If your friend is uh, or like somebody in your close circle is launching something, give them the love and the appreciation and the respect and the uplifting that they need in order to be doing that. Don't just do it for um, big companies or big brands because they already have something. Do it for them too. I'm not saying you have to change your ethics, mm -hmm. but I'm just saying there's like there's nothing wrong with doing that for people within your community because they're also trying to establish something for themselves that is coming from a space of whatever reason, be it malice, be it something. Well, if it's malice, maybe not support them. Um, and another thing which I always say, I think like there's a lot of people who, who work and do things that they're unhappy about or f don't find fulfillment in. Find something that fulfills your soul how do you go about finding that? Well, I used to say this. I remember my mother and I, I used to say this to her because we would have a lot of conversations about like how she would talk to me and how, you know, how we how our dynamic was. And I understand that a lot of it came from fear and mostly from love because your parents or your close ones always have love for you and they want you to be the best version of you. But I said, do something for yourself because in our world, like let's just we're talking about parents right now like we are our parents life for for a general part of like i would say for a generalization sort of statement do something for yourself like treat yourself to a spa if you need to which is the most basic thing but like don't cook for your kids today <laughs> like do, really don't like allow yourself to to do whatever is it that you need or really have a conversation with your kids or your partner, your husband, your wife, your anything and be like, this is, can you do this for me for one day? I want to feel like this and I haven't felt like that. Or, or I used to say this to my mother and I used to be like, write your life, man. I was like, take a diary and write your life. And I was like, you don't have to, cause she has had a tremendous amount of ups and downs and all the in-betweens which I'm sure your parents have as well. I think everybody And every has. single person has. And I was like, write it down, let it out so you don't hold on to something. And I was like, write me something, all of the things that you would want for me to do in my life that I'm not doing, my disappointments, my encouragements, whatever. Like, write it down. Um, learn English so you can, <laughs> like my mother does speak broken English, but like, so you can make doctor appointments for yourself because God forsake, I know she's old, but I was like, what if I get hit by a car? Who's going to look after you? Like, who's going to book your doctor's appointment that you're not able? Like, do something that if, if you want to be a, a baker and you have a regular nine to five and you have five kids that you're taking care of and you're not able to do that in one month, just bake cookies. Take care of yourself. Like, do, but it's more than that. It's like, Fuel your passion. What would yours be? My, I think if you're listening, um, what I would probably say is, everyone's journey is unique. Mm. 
and you've got to embrace the journey. Sometimes, most of the time, you're probably going to feel like you're in a car driving through mist with one headlamp on. <laughs> and that's something Neil Gaiman said when writing yeah. a book, but I think it applies to life. Yeah. You are going through mist with a car with one headlamp on and you don't know what's going to come on. Mm. You don't know if it's going to be a beast, you don't know if it's going to be a friend. But at the end of the day, no matter what happens, I think you just got to trust your vehicle, trust Ooh. you, and trust that no matter what comes through the mist, you can deal with it. Mm. And even if you get to a point that you don't think you can, there's nothing stopping you from just slowing down and thinking things through. No matter what it is, just slow down a little bit. I think the number one thing is here, people seem to think, I've got to go fast, I've got to do this, I've got to do And I understand that, but mm. I think you can also just take a breath. Take a breath. Mm. When things that do wrong, take a breath. If you don't know what to do, take a breath. Just that's all you need. Yeah. A breath is all you need. Yeah. If, they, if you've got so many things to balance and everything else, understand you've already been doing it. Mm. You've already been doing it. It's just, it's become too much right now because you've not taken the time out, as you've said, to do what you need to do. Yeah. And sometimes that just means taking a breath and going for a walk for 10 minutes. Yeah. That will do wonders, you know, listening to your favorite songs. Because I think it's the small things that help you achieve big things in life. Yeah. And you just got to be aware of that. Life is hard, complex and full of mysteries. The journey to true happiness so you can live a fulfilled life is filled with all sorts of challenges and blessings. But it's only through those challenges you understand who you are, what you stand for and what your true strength is. So never run from life's challenges. To do that, means you're simply running from yourself. And that, my friends, is a disservice to yourself. I'm Zafran Ahmed, and this is Whispers in the Wind, giving your stories a voice.